1: What's going on? Welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salish and here from Studio B at the Saints and Pelicans headquarters in Metairie. Uh, I'm filling in for Sean Kelly who has the day off. The Saints got back in the town, as you know, last Friday. Um, fell to the Patriots in preseason game number two, 26-24. They practiced yesterday, they have off today, and then they should be playing the rest of the week and getting ready for the uh, Saints and the Texans in preseason game. Number three, again, Saints fall to the Patriots 26-24, to but again, it is preseason. Don't look too much into the results. I know some people are very superstitious about teams that go 0-4 or 4-0 or they need, need at least win one game or lose one game. Um, don't really want to worry about that right now. Um, what was promising is the Saints got off to a great start on Saturday, up 21 nothing. Drew Brees, phenomenal in just a few series that he played. 8-10, of 10, 159 yards Two touchdown passes, um, so very well played game by Drew Brees. Ryan Griffin, 6 of 8 for 88, 85 yards. Garrett Grayson, 7 of 13 for 80 yards. And Luke McCown, 4 of 6 for 49 yards. Penalties, I know Sean Payne was not happy with penalties in game number one. They cut those in half on Saturday with only eight. And uh, Brandon Cooks, wow, he looked great. Four receptions, 117 yards, and one touchdown. So um, things were going well, and then the second half, um, Jimmy Garoppolo looked good for the Patriots, and uh, they came back and took it 26-24. to We'll have a full recap on today's show from Saturday from Joel Myers, who called the game on locally on Fox 8. He and Sean Kelly and John Stinchcomb were on the call, John DeShazer on the sideline. Joel, and then will not be doing the game on Saturday because it's a nationally televised game against the Houston Texans, so they'll be back when the Saints travel to Green Bay to face the Packers in preseason game number four, the tune-up before the opener. In early September, so lots of stuff to get to. They also again practiced yesterday. There's tons of practice sound on on New Saints.com. There's also nap and rap from Sean Kelly and John DeShazer, So be sure to check that out. And also you can find all of this on the Saints mobile app. And so we'll also hear from Drew Brees. He'll recap um, what he saw and observed from preseason game number two on Saturday. And then we'll also get some practice sound from Mark Ingram, uh, the running back. He talked yesterday after practice. So we'll hear from him as well nothing really too much on the pelican side um but joel myers since he is on we'll kind of ask him he was at the voluntary workouts in los angeles since he lives out there and so we'll have him on and talk to him about that as well as the saints stuff so lots going on on this monday um let's have joel help us recap the saints versus the patriots on saturday then we'll hear from number nine drew Brees. then we'll hear from mark ingram then then we'll get you out of here on this monday all right joel myers is next on the black and blue report
2: The Pelican schedule has just been released, and 12-game plans are now on sale. 12-game packages, including the ever-popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie made with almond milk, some Warrior protein, super grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for.
3: Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose.
0: We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the show. We continue to recap Saturday's game between the Patriots and the Saints. Saints fall to New England 26-24 to in preseason game number two. And Joel Myers was on the call for that game for Fox 8 and all the local affiliates. And he joins me now to talk about Saturday's game. Uh, Joel, uh, good to have you on this morning.
4: Good to be with you on this Monday morning, Daniel. How you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Um, let's talk about Saturday a little bit. Um, kind of the opposite of how the first game went as far as getting off to a decent start. The first game they had trouble getting on the board early. Um, this game they really didn't have trouble getting off to a 21 to nothing lead. Uh, what were some of your t- takeaways from Saturday's game? Drew
4: Brees, period. Cadence, rhythm, tempo. Offense out there with Drew Brees looked exceptional. And, and as much as the offense looked good, and they scored on their first three possessions, stalled on the first, got the field goal by Hopkins, and then the touchdown pass to Ben Watson, the, and then the beautiful deep ball to Brandon Cooks. Boy, Drew Brees looked midseason form the way he timed that throw. And Cooks, by the way, we'll talk about him in just a moment, this kid is going to be phenomenal. Uh, Drew Brees of the first-team offense looked sensational. With that said, it was really encouraging to see the first-team defense without the first-team secondary because the entire secondary was not suited up, and that includes Nickelback, Dolphin, Bro. So those first five, your two corners, your two safeties, bro, didn't play in the game. Yet that group in the secondary and good pressure up front from the front seven uh, forced Tom Brady into three consecutive three and outs with a punt. And that is saying something. So that was a pick-me-up as much as it's not surprising to see Drew Brees play at a high level. And it was great to see because it was his first snaps in game activity against someone other than his teammates. But what was pleasant in the development side was the play of the defense and the way they got off early.
1: Yeah, was that a big encouragement considering the start that they had in Baltimore? Now they come out to a 21-0 start, not only the offense, but the defense um, getting stops early. Was that a very encouraging sign as far as how the defense played on Saturday?
4: Yeah, and especially because Anthony's out there and out there. Kevin Williams was shooting the gap. Kevin Williams – really looked strong at times. John Jenkins, uh, there were a number of guys we could go down the list. And, and, and Etabali in the second half, I mean, he made the most of his snaps. And when it wasn't his, it, he was recovering well. And it, there was a lot of good plays overall defensively, guys that stood out. Now, obviously, the second half, uh, Garoppolo got the ball out quickly, and it wasn't the same in the secondary. But still, in Sunseri, had some nice plays. Kenny Phillips had some nice plays, as well as Kyle Wilson, but uh, the first half, to see the first front seven uh, in the first three or four series play the way they did, that was a real pick-me-up.
1: What about the offensive line? How did they look um, during the game on Saturday?
4: Max Unger, that's all you need to say. Mm -hmm. We already know what Zach Strieff and Teron Armstead can do. Uh, first, First team offensive line was outstanding. So, they're They protected well. Uh, Drew had time, could extend the pocket like he always does. But, boy, to have two tackles like Streif and Armstead and then a guy that went to the Pro Bowl back-to-back seasons in 12 and 13, Max Unger, uh, the offensive line should not be a concern at all. The offensive line is going to be a strength for this team. And and also remember when we talk about the offense, remember that Mark Ingram is going to be a receiver this year as well Mm -hmm. as a running back. Mark Ingram can catch the ball. He makes plays off the uh, pass, a little flares, a little darts from Drew Brees. There's a lot of things to like about this team moving forward offensively.
1: Do we expect, you mentioned Mark Ingram in catching the ball out of the backfield. Between him, C.J. Spiller, you have Kyrie Robs. Do you, do you expect to see a lot more screen plays, a lot of running backs getting uh, the ball downfield?
4: Well, not only that, I think you're going to see running backs in motion. You're going to see mm-hmm. running backs like Spiller in the slot. When you put Spiller in the slot, you got Cooks in motion. Who do you account for? Those right. are t- big-time playmakers offensively things if everybody is healthy offensively it should be another great year for the saints and the questions always surround right now uh the defense are they going to be a team like last year that gave up too many big plays that couldn't stop the run and was 31st overall and didn't take the ball away or are they going to be what we saw two years ago when they were fourth in total defense takeaways are going to be a key can they create turnovers and turnover differential, so they're on the plus side, not the minus side like last year.
1: Also, turnovers were uh, a big factor in game number one. I believe there was 15 or 16 in game number one. They uh, only had eight in uh, game number two, so uh, penalties were a lot better as well on Saturday.
4: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's only going to get better, Daniel. Uh, The talent is there, Uh, and there are some nice, pleasant stories developing to the wide receiver position, um, as well as some guys that are trying to... Uh, make a name for themselves, Sanford and Swan, and, and the guys that are trying to make it, like Pierre Warren who had a pick and a nice return after he got it, uh, a 28-yard return after he made the interception. So there's some great position battles in the secondary and wide receiver like Willie Snead, and, and he keeps making plays. He made plays in the game, as well as practice against the Patriots. So there's some really good stories for the Saints
1: going into the new season. You talk about playmakers, Brandon Cooks, as you mentioned earlier, four receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. You know, he missed a lot of last season with injury. Uh, Looking good so far in two preseason games.
4: I said it on the air, and I truly believe it. I think he's going to be close to 100 receptions because they're going to try to get him as many touches as possible. You need to get him touches, period. Whether it's the reverse, which we saw, whether it's just – quick bubble screens, whether it's the deep ball, the 45-yard touchdown pass from Drew Brees. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a star. He stays healthy. There are big days ahead offensively for the Saints because he's got a guy in the prime of his career at 36 years of age who's, who's going to find him. Drew Brees is going to make plays for Brandon Cooks, and now getting creative in touches and putting him in other positions. So whether And we saw it in the first game. It was a quick throw by Luke McCown and gone 28 yards for a score on a quick flanker screen and he was gone mm-hmm. he, he's a blazer and it's fun to watch him play
1: should be exciting to watch one more question on the Saints' side before I talk a little Pelicans with you um as far as special teams you had Marcus Murphy on kick returns and punt returns um three punt returns on Saturday one kick return is he seems seems to be the guy um to be on special teams or is that kind of just uh, experimentation there with him
4: well I think Saunders is going to get opportunities when yeah. he was in there in the second half everything was kicked over his head when it was on kick returns so he didn't get many touches in fact he didn't get a return unfortunately to for the guys to take a look on film marcus murphy though we saw this in his sec play at the university of missouri every time he touches it he has the element he may go all the way Mm there is that wow factor like man he needed one more block so marcus murphy we know what he can do we have a pretty good idea of what he can do i don't know if we haven't seen him on punts that much, but on kicks, uh, he is. And he also his versatility, because we saw him score in the first uh, game as well on that turn of the corner to the pylon for a three-yard touchdown. He could give you uh, the versatility of being your fourth back, so he could he could help save a roster spot there. I know Baker and Hightower have had their moments and really good moments, both guys at running back. But when it comes down to a numbers game, it's going to be tough for. Uh, the positional battles do you keep how many safeties do you keep well that also comes into play with does it squeeze the running back spot Mm -hmm. or does it squeeze the tight end position and how many are you going to keep more than five wide receivers so that's why marcus murphy could be a huge asset because he could also uh, show his versatility at the running back spot which he did he played a lot of back at the university of missouri besides being an all sec first team performer as a special teams guy return guy so marcus murphy and remember, the Saints—the Saints have not had a kick or a punt return for a score since 2011. Right now, Saunders did bring one back from '99, but it didn't go for a touchdown last year. So mm-hmm. we know his capabilities. But Murphy has got that X factor, and there's something about it when he touches the ball—you hold your breath
1: a little bit. Absolutely, no doubt. Let's transition to the Pelicans because uh, before we got on here, you mentioned that you were at the Pelicans' voluntary workouts in Los Angeles. How were they? Uh, what did you observe?
4: The environment is incredible. The vibe. It is so healthy. The entire staff was there, by the way. Alvin Gentry and his coaching staff, everybody was there. And Anthony Davis shooting, forget about corner threes, Anthony Davis on the wing 24, 25 feet out with a flick of a wrist making those threes. Now, that's not going to be happening all that often. Hopefully it doesn't, and hopefully you won't need it although it was the difference in Oklahoma City in the tiebreaker, wasn't it, mm-hmm. at the end of the game. But Anthony Davis's game and, and just his demeanor, you can see how much he's grown. He's only 22, and he's way beyond his years. He's just got a composure about him at a comfort level about him. And then everybody else was there. Eric Gordon smiling a lot. Uh, Ryan Anderson you won't recognize, by the way. Ryan Anderson looks like a different guy. Okay. He is in a really good place, on the floor, off the floor, uh brian anderson eric gordon quincy can't go but he was there to support his teammates Mm -hmm. that's good yeah it was just phenomenal so and tyreek evans was there he's in a good spot he he was supposed to come up and see us saturday night in the booth because i know he was flying back from la to new orleans because he wanted to go to the saints game he was flying back on friday uh but this is a, a chemistry and an atmosphere that is just sensational for all of us everybody's up and the speakers are going to be in the uh facility and they're going to be blasting music and there's a if anybody wants to pick up on it and i twittered it out earlier today there is an unbelievable article on alvin gentry on nba.com and talks about what i said on the air with david a number of times that we are all fortunate because we have a generational talent here in anthony davis and and that's what alvin gentry talks about on nba.com it's a very long and a very good column so i would hope everybody would take a look at it because Al, this is a good time for all of us and a really good time for Alvin Gentry to be
1: in New Orleans absolutely well glad to hear everything is well in uh, LA as far as voluntary workouts and uh, again training camp will be here before you know it I know Joel you don't have the game uh, for the Saints this Saturday because it's on national television but uh, we'll talk to you as it gets closer to Saints and Packers in preseason game number four Joel uh, always a pleasure and thanks for coming on on this Monday thank you
4: thanks for having me Daniel
1: no problem, we'll have some post game reaction from Saturday. we we'll hear from number nine next on the Black and Blue Report.
5: Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at intergtext.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. All
2: Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money.
3: What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackey, Seminole soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report.
1: Well, as Joel talked about in our last segment, number nine was on fire on Saturday. Again, 8 of 10, 159 yards, two touchdowns, really picked apart the Patriots defense. Here are his observations from Saturday's game.
2: No, I thought there was improvement. Um, I mean, I think any time, I mean, starting the season, obviously you're, you know, there's, I think, just like the start of any season, you know, the adjustment of just kind of getting back in there and transitioning from what you were doing in practice to the game, and, um, you know, I think, not many times are you able to replicate. I think just the uh, the speed of a game and and you know substituting from the sideline and, and and in and out of personnel groups and you know we've got you know we kind of have different phases to these preseason games you know and, and each phase determines kind of who's in the game you know who's who's the number one tight end who's the number two tight end if we go two tight end set who's the the sub receiver who's you know this and that so there's always kind of you know mixing and matching going on and. Um, but I thought I thought everybody handled that well. I thought the quarterbacks handled that well for the most part um, throughout the game. Did you or in the I didn't change them. I just, just uh, kind of fine-tuned. How do, you, how do you feel now having done that? I saw your interview
1: with that where you worked on it for a few months. Yeah. I guess uh, how do you feel that – what do you think the outcome was? You're playing the game tonight. Do you
5: feel different?
2: I feel as good throwing the ball as I've felt in a long time, and um, I mean, everybody kind of deals with issues throughout the season. You know, I I was, you know, I I had that injury in the in the uh, preseason, the oblique, and then I had something during the season too that I was battling, and so I I think at times, you know, maybe I kind of got away from you know my fundamentals and mechanics. As I was kind of trying to survive at times and trying to manufacture um, a little bit, you know manufacture power just because it wasn't coming from the places where it should, and um, by doing that, you know you begin to overcompensate and do certain things that maybe cause bad habits and and so i was I was definitely in that place towards the end of last season. definitely wasn't throwing my best, but no excuse I mean everybody's battling stuff throughout the season, but um, this off season I definitely You know, went back to the basics with with uh, some of those things to make sure that yeah I was doing things the right way.
3: What does an oblique strain do to your throwing motion? Did you feel like when
2: you're throwing you weren't getting the same power? Did it it actually hurt? I mean, what is for a quarterback? What does that do when you're trying to make all those throws you make? Yeah. Well, without getting too no 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 without getting too complicated um, or too. uh, I mean, you throw with your core as a quarterback. I mean, people say, oh, he's got a strong arm. It really has very little to do with your actual arm. It's, it's the way that you're able to generate power and force. And there's certain elements to your body and the way that you throw and your strength that allow you to create that, that type of um, you know, power. And so anytime you have a core injury, which the oblique is you know, my, w- kind of within your core. Um, Know, that's kind of that whole rotational element that, that that you know loads up and then creates power when you throw the ball. So you know for a while there, I was I didn't I didn't have that, and as I'm and as I'm kind of working back from that injury, you know, maybe in order to protect that, I would overcompensate in other ways and develop bad habits, which worked for a short period of time, but then all of a sudden other things start going downhill and you just get away from from the good habits and the consistency um of your mechanics. No. Um uh, I am mean, I'm not gonna, gonna get into in my injury history, but um no, it it wasn't.
0: Um I know you don't want you to get too worked up about uh, good or bad resistance performance. So is it a pretty strong message after last week's team that the energy, the sloppiness
2: was not the, the right way to get started. Seems like things a lot yeah. Um, well, I mean, listen. It's it was it was uh, it was time to kick things up a notch, you know. And, and I'd say that 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 applies for every week during the preseason. Uh, I would expect next week to be even better than this week, and so on and so forth. Um, that's what the preseason's for. I think you you understand that in the beginning of training camp, you know, you're going to be working through some things. You're installing a lot of information, offense and defense, to to guys. You know, we've got young guys that are having to step into positions and maybe play multiple positions trying to kind of find their role and their heads are swimming a little bit and but at some point you begin to refine and fine tune and begin to put guys into into roles that you feel like um, they will be during the season and and how that's going to put them in the best position to succeed and, and therefore put our team in the best position to succeed and as you get to that point which we are kind of getting to that point you know you you want to start you know, playing better and better and, and feeling like, um, you know, the pieces are in place and now it's time to, to really go out and execute and execute well. Um, no, more, no more excuses, <laughs> you know. I mean, the excuses of, ah, it's still early in camp. We'll get it figured out. I mean, that stuff is, you know, starting to get to the point where the season is, is um, you know, just around the corner. And we want to make sure that we're at our best once uh, it does come.
1: All right, we'll have uh, some practice sound for you next. uh, Coming up, here from Saints running back, Mark Ingram. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
5: Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise clinical research and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866 Auctioner for a same day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson.
1: Welcome back to the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. As mentioned, the Saints did practice yesterday here uh, off Airline Drive in Metairie. One of those guys that did talk to the media after was Mark Ingram on Saturday. He had six carries, 18 yards, and also had three receptions for 45 yards. And if you remember what Joel Meyer said in segment number two, he talked about how we should expect Mark Ingram to get um, a lot more in the backfield as far as receiving the ball. And so it should be interesting the next couple uh, preseason games, see how that works out. Um, but yesterday he did speak to the media, and uh, here's what he had to say.
2: You guys just played 12 or 14 hours ago. Was it tough to, to come back out so quickly, and how do you think you guys responded today? I
3: think, uh, think we responded good. You know, Coach took care of us and took the pads off of us. So um, we just come out here and get better, man, and uh, work on some of the small things that we felt like uh, needed improvement from yesterday, and um, we get our day off tomorrow. So I think we uh, handle it well
2: what were some of those things that you all saw in film that you needed to
3: work through today? Just small technique things from every position, um, small detailed things, whether it be uh, depth of the route, whether it be hand placement, hat placement on the block, um, whether it be um, seeing the right read as a runner, um, you know, everything. Offense, defense, special teams, we just had uh, to improve on small detailed things, and I think we came out here and uh, did a good job of that today talk about being more of a complete back even at the beginning of training camp you showed that in the second preseason game was it good to catch those passes and do a little bit of everything out there yeah of course um, be able to catch the, the Trojan early in the game get the check out early in the game to, you know just be able to show the versatility and um, you know how open the offense could be uh, while I'm in there you know not just running the ball just being able to do a little bit of everything so um, just continuing to improve on that can to strive to get better in that area. And be able to help us any way I can. And Kyrie was doing the same thing. You guys, He was saying you guys feed off each other a lot. Is that the case? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I think I said earlier, you know, um, you know, we've been here together three years. So, you know, we're close, man. And uh, uh, we've had some ups and downs together. And so, um, you know, we're always talking, communicating each, with each other, like what we see when we're on the field. And when he does something good, I want to get in there and do something good. When I do something good, he wants to get in there and do something good. Like I said, um, it's just a competitive nature, and um, healthy competition like that uh, is great for a team.
0: Mark, did you have to improve on pass catching in any way over the last few years, or it's just more of a, that's not something that they asked
3: you to do? I really wasn't asked to do it much early in my career. Uh, I know we had Sproles, uh, Pierre. uh, So it's just something they didn't really ask me to do. Uh, But, yeah, I think – As far as route running goes, I feel like I always had the ability to catch the ball well, always had the ability to run routes, but just being more um, precise, um, being more patient in my routes, and uh, just being focused on catching the ball and and, and being effective in the the passing game, uh, I think this year's the first opportunity that I've actually had the chance to be able to go do those things, and um, working on it, continue to improve, continue to get better at it. It was
0: a reception that, that won the Heisman for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. about a 79-yard screen pass <laughs> versus Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that got me back in the running. <laughs> Mark, is it? Yeah, uh, I know there's not a lot of three-down backs
0: in the NFL. Would would you like obviously like to be one of those guys?
3: Of course. Um, I, I know I'm. I know I'm a three-down back. Um, I could do first down, second down, third down, uh, run the ball, catch the ball, pass protect. Um, I take pride in. Being an every-down back and being a back that doesn't have to come off the field, being a back that could do everything that's asked of him uh, within the scheme of an offense. So um, I take pride in that. And you know, nowadays it's a little bit different. They try and tag back, short-yardage back, base back, uh, scat back. Um, a running back is a running back, and uh, you should be able to do everything. You look, you look like you're maybe a half a step quicker. Do you feel that way? Uh, yeah. Just, um, just you know, off-season, lots of hard training, working on my. Uh, explosiveness and um, obviously just being more confident in my assignments. Um, when you're confident in your ability, uh, when you're confident in the scheme, you can play faster. When you're thinking a little bit and you don't really know what's going on and kind of like timid and you can't play as fast. So, um, you know, going on year five, four years of experience, lots of mess ups, lots of uh, doing things well. Um, I'm confident and I can play fast. You did it last year, but talk about the transition from the Greenbrier to the mid 90s today here. Oh, man, <laughs> you know, it's good back to be in New Orleans, you know, be, be able to sleep in your own bed and, be, you know, be home. But, um, you know, it, it just changed locations. You know, the weather was a little bit cooler, a little bit nicer. But, um, you know, you come here and, uh, you know, I love the heat. You know, I've been – I was in Alabama for, th- for three years and I've been here for five years, so I don't mind the heat. And it's always good to be back. On
2: the uh, 29-yard uh, play that you had, the uh, pass catch It seemed like Drew kind of led you into that, into where you caught it. Was that, could you kind of explain that play a little bit?
3: Well, we run this route all the time, and uh, and, uh, he knew that how we came off the route, I had the guy beat deep, so he just threw me a nice little touch pass that he's thrown a million times, Um, and he just led me in the right direction and caught it, man, and got a big play early in the game, so. Um, that just comes on with a lot, with a lot of timing and seven-on-seven seven routes on air. Sometimes after practice, running routes, you know, we've, I've ran that route with him for five years. So, um, you know, he's the best at throwing those touch passes over the shoulder, keeping you open. Do you feel like this is really the first year he's truly looking for you in the passing game much more? I mean, because there are a lot of times you run routes
0: and you're, you see him open, but you don't get the ball.
3: Yeah, um, I feel like he's always he's checked the ball down to me. When, uh, when, 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 when it was appropriate to. Um, I don't think like he was just like, oh yeah, there's Mark, I'm going somewhere else. you know. But um, I think that he's more aware that I'm uh, I think he's more confident in me in that area in the, in the passing game. Um, been working with him, all OTAs, and for five years now um, I think he's seen the improvement that I've made in just running my routes and things like that. So I just think he's more confident in me. So when he sees me out there in a passing situation um, I think he's more aware that I'm there now as opposed to, you know, maybe in the past. Speaking of improvement, just talk about this offensive line, where it is right now. Uh, you know, so many changes have happened, in you know, the past couple of months. Well, they're doing a great job. Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. They're doing a great job, but um, I think we're all just kind of feeling each other, and we're all understanding the scheme. We're all understanding what we need to do on runs. They're, they understand their hat placement. their uh, their aiming, po- aiming points of runs. We, we know who we're supposed to read and uh, – if they're double teaming up to the second level or if they're or if they're staying on the double team and running them or if they're reaching the guy, I think we're just all on the same page. We're communicating well together, and um, that's just nothing but uh, positive for us going into the season uh, that we can communicate and be on the same page with each other as far as the run game, passing game, and all that.
1: And again, if you missed any of the practice sound from yesterday or post-game sound from Saturday, be sure to log on to the New All right, I'll wrap things up next on the Black and Blue Report.
5: Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy.
0: Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today.
1: All right, time to wrap things up from Studio B. Sean Kelly will be back in the hosting chair along with John DeShazer tomorrow. They have the day off today, um, but we'll have some practice sound for you tomorrow in an afternoon wrap. Again, be sure to log on to orlandosaints.com or... Saints mobile app for all updates on training camp, as far as you know, with weather conditions, whether they're practicing indoors, outdoors, what time, the schedule for the remainder of the week, leading up to preseason game number three. All that's yours on New Orleans Saints.com and the Saints mobile app. But again, Sean and John will be back tomorrow, and Sean will host the rest of the week as we uh, training camp continues to roll on, getting ready for Sunday's matchup with the Houston Texans, a nationally televised game. Han Fox and the Texans just named Brian Hoyer the starting quarterback over Ryan Mallett. So that drama um, has uh, basically ended for the Texans, but we'll still probably see a little bit from both quarterbacks on Sunday and then curious to see how much Drew Brees and company plays on Sunday. But plenty of time before that. So, again, we'll hear from uh, everyone at practice tomorrow and the rest of the week and we'll have some more stuff for you on the Black and Blue Report. Appreciate you listening on this monday hope the rest of this monday finds you well and until tomorrow i'm daniel Salerson. thanks for listening to the podcast for saints and pelicans fans the black and blue report
0: thanks for listening to this edition of the black and blue report if all goes well we'll be back tomorrow tune in each weekday at 12 p.m or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com